2: Grass fed beef raised on California's Central Coast. Available seasonally at select Whole Foods markets. Learn more at Hearstranch.com.
3: This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. We've been making cheese in Wisconsin since before we were even a state, which may be one reason why we win so many awards for it. It's what happens when a whole state dreams in cheese. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com.
1: Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. It's another show, in November 2023. We're in Copenhagen, Denmark. Today we're, we're following the trail of John's Hot Dog Deli, the magical, what is it, street dogs that we, we, we're going to learn a lot about today and taste, and we'll also probably compare them with some beers and hot dogs and everything. So let's have our guests introduce ourselves It's another special uh, group of, of Copenhagen folk.
4: Hi, I'm John, uh, i got John's Hot Dog Deli here in Copenhagen, and yeah. Make a fucking lot of hot dogs, good hot dogs. Make some different ones nobody else gets. Uh, that's the way we do it. Good intro. And I'm Lesse. I
5: am the hot dog judge. You can find me on Instagram. And I've traveled the whole world and eaten hot dogs everywhere, including in New York. And uh, yeah, anywhere from New York to Taiwan to South Africa. And of course, here in Copenhagen, where we
1: got some of the best in the world. That's great. So, a little did backstory. <laughs> hold on, hold on. So, <laughs> you
4: forget you to taste a little bit of it. He eat it all. It's not the hot dogs, it's the beer. <laughs> no.
1: So, let, let's go back. So, um, I, met, I met Lasse many years ago. He was in New York City. We had some friends from, from Denmark who were selling the Copenhagen street dog concept, the Poza, in, in New York. And uh, I remember how cool that was. They had some competitions. At Jimmy's number 43 on, on the best toppings, and they were very good at marketing. Um, I think that in the end they decided that it wasn't really quite the right place for Copenhagen Street Dogs, But um that's been in my intro, and because of that I met Lassa. Lassa, just just a few words about about Mr. John here. But then we're gonna let John talk, cause this guy can talk.
5: Absolutely. So uh Back in the day on the Copenhagen hot dog scene, you could get only sort of the factory stuff and uh, then John came around and he was quite the maverick, uh, because he chose to actually serve something that he wanted to eat himself. So a focus on quality and not just doing the usual stuff. So uh, I'm pretty sure that all the other hot dog vendors, they were like, yeah, he'll last a couple of months and... Uh, Then then we'll have a good spot for another hot dog cart. But uh, John is still here, and I'd say even a lot of them, they're not around anymore. So uh, he's proven that uh, quality goes a long way here. And I think one key, I mean, apart from uh, the the good quality, I also think that you have uh, proven over and over again that a hot dog doesn't need to just be the classic Danish one. It can be a lot of different combinations oh, yeah. that are extremely tasteful. And that's actually something we haven't had really in Copenhagen before. And uh, I think that's, well, personally, I think that's a huge uh, benefit to the to the hot dog scene here.
4: Well, I traveled all over the world and tasted so many good stuff. So when I get back and started my hot dog stand, I say, why not put that on a hot dog? I've been traveling a lot in Japan, in US. And I've been living in England for 10 years. And all those toppings are used for almost everything. Why not put it on a hot dog? And people were screaming in the beginning. And all the companies say, oh, you will get bankrupt in a couple of months. Oh, fuck you. I don't give a shit what people are saying. I will just do it the way I want to do it. Uh, maybe it's not the right way. Uh, I, I can tell you, I feed a lot of rat out here. With all the stuff I tried to make, it didn't work out. The rat out here, they loved me.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, let's go back. So, you, you the idea of Polsa in, in Copenhagen, I mean, in New York we have street dogs, they boiled dogs, you don't think too much of them, but what, what are some of the street dogs around the world that you, you may be inspired by? John, you mentioned Chicago. Yeah. Last year you've been around the world. i
4: Chicago. He was an amazing guy. I've been visiting to visit him a couple of times. Uh, unfortunately, he's closed now. But Chicago dog is good. New York dogs is fucking boring.
5: I have to agree. I have to agree. And I, I will... Uh, I am not
4: even give it to my worst enemy. <laughs> you don't even give it to a homeless.
5: But but there are exceptions, because when Japadog was in New York, that was very good, and we still have crypt Dogs, which is actually uh, sort of the same concept yeah. as what you're doing yeah. at Hot Dogs in Chicago.
1: So what the key is that the, the topping... That's, that, that's number one?
4: No. The job, uh, number one is get the good sausages. And don't take all the factory shit. You have to go to a butcher. Develop your own sausages. Because all the factories are only thinking about one thing that's profit. They give you rubbish.
1: I, I've been into a hot dog factory years ago yeah. and I saw how they make it. There was a lot of ice. And um, they had ways of, of increasing the weight for very little cost.
4: Yeah.
5: It's the same hand. Rubbish. Wasn't it Bismarck uh, who said you shouldn't look into how sausages and politics are made? Because yeah. it's very, very unpleasant to watch, but the result can be uh,
1: very positive. <laughs> so, John, for you, early days... So you were you a pastry chef. I'm a pastry chef, educated uh, as a pastry chef, and I've been working
4: as a chef for many years. Uh, but I got an accident with my back and couldn't continue as a pastry chef and a chef. So here in Copenhagen, we have an old tradition with hot dog stands. It's all, uh, over 100 years old. And uh, from, that, from the beginning, it has been... So if people couldn't continue on their normal work, they get their pension, They couldn't apply for a hot dog stand as a supplement to the pension. So when I got a problem, uh, I applied for a hot dog stand and get one. I said, well, now I want to change it because I want a place where I want to come and eat. Uh, And people were laughing at me in the beginning because I changed the bread, find a better bread instead of that rubbish, dry shit they have. And uh, you can buy a sauce from a late. Uh, the only thing that's in it is white cabbage. It tastes like shit, to be honest. So I remember the sales guy coming down and saying, oh, you can do that, and you can put some of the water from the, the pickled cucumber in it, and then it's perfect. Say, oh, you're a fucking idiot. I've got to make my own. You know how? No. But I figured it out, and he said you would go bankrupt. Now he went bankrupt with his company.
1: <laughs> and then, so from the ramenade, then wh- wh- how did you apply yourself to the sausages?
4: Mm-hmm. Uh, I found a good butcher, and uh, I have here in Denmark. We have a company called Steffelberg. Uh, up them is their place. So I buy some of their sausages and develop my own. So I have always special hot dogs, where you can get with the special sauce it is. And people say, oh yeah, of course you can do that. The company said, you can do that because you will not sell anything. But they're fucking pissed about it now. They get that agreement with me.
1: So what's different about your sausage? Well, first, what, what is the pose of sausage? It's just, is it a pork, a beef? They have pink ones and red ones and brown ones.
4: We have the red ones as well. Uh, You know where the tradition from the red ones is? From Switzerland? Austria. Uh, From Austria. All the sausages have left from the day over. The next day they color them red so people can see it was one day used because they didn't have refrigeration
5: back in the day. So it was quite important that you knew that it wasn't a fresh product. Yeah. However, quickly, it turned out that the red ones were actually more popular. So for a long time, red, red sausages, at least here in Copenhagen, were the only ones that you could actually get. But now uh, they're not the most popular one, ones. Uh, so w-
1: what about the making them red? Why was that more popular?
4: Uh, uh, they were cheaper. They were cheaper. <laughs> They are cheaper because they were a leftover from the day before. Yeah. That's the way they started with the red sausages. And now, it's the Swedish they eat red sausages and children. And we have the old generation, they love red sausages as well. But today is a fresh one, it's not a leftover. Yeah, exactly.
5: And I I will say that I I also think that the quality, uh, relatively... Stood up, so it wasn't a problem that they were a day old because you weren't eating something that was not good. If you no. could say like that. it was still, it was still good. It was just a way to to tell people that it wasn't fresh.
1: And then, what are the sausages made of? The beef or the pork? Pork. Pork. All uh,
4: traditional uh, sausages in Denmark is made of pork. I mean, there's 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 very little variety. I, I mean, most.
5: Hot dog carts in, in in Copenhagen will have a beef dog, uh, but like uh, in the US, it's very common to have turkey dogs. You don't, you really don't see that anywhere here. No, I'm glad we don't see that. Yeah, yeah they're t- they're not the most
4: exquisitely tasting ones. I think,
0: I think something
4: them in the US, in the New York. <laughs> yes. it's
5: the same with a New York dog. It tastes like shit. Sorry to say it, but. I mean, I, I I tend to agree. I mean, if you I'll put it like this. If you go to a hot dog cart in New York, I mean, you're not going to get a, a quality hot dog. I will say that even though John is bashing the, the, all the standard hot dog carts in, in Copenhagen, they will serve you a better product. Yeah. I, th- I think so. Yeah, A lot better. So
1: so, so how, how do you serve it? So you, you've got a custom pork sausage now. And in New York, you know, it's, it's steamed in the water. It's sitting in the water all day.
4: Yeah, we fry them on a pan. Uh... 99 95 uh, percent of the products we have is uh, fried. We fry them. Uh, it's only the red sausages we steam. And like and like John
5: said today, it's mostly kids and and uh, elderly people who are yeah, eating the red ones and the, the Swedes ho- visiting Copenhagen <laughs> who are re- eating the the red hot dogs. Uh,
4: but it but it is truly it is the original traditional one if you could put it like that. Yeah. No, and it's not the original one.
1: The red one is not the original one here in I mean Is the red one still the day-old sausage? No no no, no, no. No. no, no, no. Let's go back to food, more food. So when you were a chef, you know, let, let's talk about your, your, your best hot dogs. So if, are you at one stand now? How do you operate? Because I'm here in this little kitchen... And we're on, what's this area that we're in? Uh, this is a
4: meatpacking area. This is an old butcher area. Uh, unfortunately, there's no butchers left in here. But this, uh, this facility was a horse butchery. There's a lot of horses in here, and horses taste actually pretty good.
1: It was the meat of the 19th century, right? In France, you got every butcher has a horse head, and
4: you can still buy a horse. And horse meat is always tender. You will never get. You can't be too old. I have to. I
5: have to agree. I. I, I don't think I've had a hot dog with horse meat. No. But I've had. I've had uh, sushi in in Tokyo, with horse sashimi, and it was phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Leslie, you've you've traveled so much. Um, do you always end up wanting to come back to the Copenhagen street dogs or have you found better street dogs in Copenhagen? And then we'll have you compare the best one to John's. <laughs> uh,
5: so I'll say on average, if you go to to get a street dog, I do think that Copenhagen is, is one of the best places to be um, because <clears throat> in a lot of other places, it's a little bit of a hit and miss. But I will say that the Johns of the world, so everywhere you go, you'll find Mavericks like John, who are actually uh, doing something innovative and, and, and focusing more on, on delivering a quality product. And uh, you can find those in a lot of places, whether it's, it's Tokyo or uh, yeah. New York or Chicago, um, Denmark, you know, wherever. You, you, you'll find those uh, Mavericks, and uh, that's that's the ones that I usually go for when I'm out traveling.
1: Let's talk about a good hot dog. The hot dog itself, for for you, what what makes a good hot dog and others that you've tried? Because I I always like, there's there's a butcher, then it's like how they process it. Um, In in New York, I have the Eastern European butchers, they make a veal hot dog. Mm -hmm. That Sometimes I'll take to a barbecue and just grill up.
4: The Danish butchers, I think the, the... pretty amazing what they're doing with the meat and uh, pork. Uh, the butcher I have is a guy called Gerd Nielsen. Uh, he has been in here for centuries. Now he's moved out. Uh, but the way he do it is amazing. He, he is really amazing. Uh, the quality of the meat is free-range meat. He, he only use free-range meat for our sourced it is and a good quality.
5: Maybe we should just uh, touch on the the composition of a traditional Danish hot dog. So so we can sort of go from there, because uh, that's essentially what John has done with his hot dog stand. So the traditional one, of course you have a piece of bread, but it's toasted. It's not cold like you'll get at a New York uh, hot dog stand. It's toasted. In there you'll have a pork wiener, some kind of pork sausage traditionally. Traditionally, it was steamed. Now, it's it's pan-fried. Yeah. Uh, and as far as the topping goes, you'll have a somewhat pungent brown mustard. You'll have ketchup. And then you'll have remoulade sauce. And some Americans, they will recognize remoulade sauce as something you put on um, seafood, especially when you're in New Orleans and so on. But it's a different kind of remoulade sauce. So, you can't really compare it to that. Um So if you're looking for a recipe, you have to to find the right one, not not the one that's for fish food. And then on top of that, you have uh, diced fresh onions, you have uh, crispy fried onions, and then you have uh, pickled cucumber. cucumber. And between all those tastes, you actually get sort of the perfect bite every time you bite into a hot dog, because you have sweet, sour... You have some umami and salty. I mean, and then you also, in terms of mouthfeel, you have the soft bread. You have the snap from the sausage when you bite into it. And you have some crispy uh, sensation with with the, with the onions. Yeah, you, to forget. you need a, a of chocolate milk to it. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, um, I, I think... Like uh, the, you, uh, you get <laughs> champagne with oysters uh, everywhere. If, you, if you're eating a hot dog in Copenhagen, you need a chocolate milk. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's standard thing. But really, it, it, it is the perfect bite that's sort of been designed. And of course, the idea, uh, if I, a, a, my impression of John is he, he thought, okay, we have a basic concept here. Now, how can we elevate the quality of each ingredient? And, uh, and to me, that's,
4: that's what you've done successfully, John. I'm trying to do my best and uh, try. Every time I went uh, to many restaurants, uh, I go about two or three times a week out to eat. And I see some new elements on the plate. I say, well, I can use that on a fucking hot dog. And if I don't know how to make it, I ask a chef and say, hey, how do you make that? I'm going to use it for my hot dog. Oh, yeah, cool. I have no problems to get recipe from uh, all the restaurants all over the world. I've been uh, to Noma to serve uh, night food to the staff. I've been to Alchemist to serve. And if I ask for a recipe, I would get it. No problem.
1: So you're you open, the sharing.
4: Yeah. And if people ask for my recipes... How I make uh, my stuff, of course, you can get, get
1: you know, I, I was with I was with uh, M- Freeze home yesterday, the chocolate maker. He said the same thing. He says, we share, and he says, go ahead. You, you you try to make it. Most people will take shortcuts. Yeah.
4: And it's the same people say, oh, and now I can uh, make uh, all your toppings and uh, open my own hot dog tank. Yeah, but you'll never get the same result as I do because you don't put your heart
1: in it. Yeah. So let, let's talk about maybe the top five, top five hot dog toppings that, that you've done, the unusual ones, different inspirations, and Lasse will join him. but start with a couple. Like say, when you went to normal what did you serve them? Uh, oh, uh, I you, uh, made one with kimchi,
4: and I made a lot of, uh, grainy mustard, uh, I made with wasabi, uh, sauce, palette, uh. I made a lot of beer mustard. Uh, Use a lot of makeup beer. Miggler is a good friend of mine. And, yeah, uh, all kind of toppings. Uh, I pickle a lot. Uh, there's nothing you can't pickle or ferment.
1: So Everything that we're looking at, these are the ingredients that you're cooking with. So we're right here in your kitchen.
4: Yeah, that's my kitchen, my little kitchen. And out in the back we have... Uh, all the fermenting uh, stuff, all the chili that's uh, fermenting. We get all the chilies from uh, and ferment it for at least
1: three months and then
4: slow juice it and uh, made our own hot
0: sauce.
1: And when did you start making this? So it's Copenhagen Hot Sauce and yeah. Mustard Company.
4: Oh, it was many years ago. The reason I started making it, because I was in the U.S. to make a hot dog uh, for uh, a brewery called uh, Tree Flight and I want some uh, hot sauce with me back home. I bought 52 hot sauces in the US. I kicked 45 of them out at the hotel. It tastes disgusting. There's only fucking vinegar in it. There's no fucking taste. So I say, well, I can do that better. So I get back home and start to experiment with it, read a lot about it. So now I got my own series of hot sauce. It's classic and
5: when when he applies him, the result will be good. And I mean, some of the co- uh, uh, collaborations that you've done with Hot Sauce,
4: yeah.
5: I mean, they don't translate outside of Denmark, but you, you've taken some very popular cult brands and, and mm-hmm. done some uh, some Hot Sauce stuff. I'm, I'm specifically thinking of the Sport Cola, yeah. which, uh, I mean, I was lucky enough to get one of those uh, from the original batch, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, also because it is, it's not just vinegar. You can, you can get a lot of different uh, uh, notes
4: in the taste and so on. So it, it makes it interesting. Don't put that much vinegar in it. No. In the U.S., they put too much vinegar in it. Uh, if you take Tabasco, you can't say a bad word about Tabasco the way they make it. They ferment it right. and let it stand for at least five years and everything. It's perfect, but there's too much vinegar in it.
1: If they reduce the vinegar, it would be amazing. So, John, what, what is the good way to make your hot sauce? What do you are the processes?
4: Uh, I start to get all the fresh chilies. I got it from Netherlands. I have a greenhouse, uh, a good company. Uh, they grow all the best chili we can get here. And uh, when I get a fresh home, we mince it with a little bit of salt, garlic, and a little bit of sugar, and let it stand out there for three months to ferment, at least three months. So we ferment for almost two years. Depends on what kind of sauce we're gonna make. After that, we're gonna slow juice it. So we only get the juice out of it. All the pulp that's left, we use for pickling, for sausages, and everything else we can use. There's no waste on it. See, I think that's, that's,
5: that's a perfect example of how you're thinking here, John, because then when you make a, a special hot dog in, in the hot dog cart uh, with, a, with, a, with a sausage that's uh, unique, then, I mean, a lot of times you'll have some of this uh, pulp from the hot sauce production that's actually in the sausage, yeah. and uh, I mean it just works phenomenally and I mean I've never heard of anybody who thought of that before but uh, I guess you also don't have many hot dog guys who also uh, run a hot sauce business so I mean it's it's an obvious
4: link once you've tasted it but I don't yeah. think that uh, no why, why, other people are doing it. Might throw it out when you can use it? There's a lot of restaurants that get it the pick the herring in it for the chili herring and uh, as a, a small uh, distillery up there, he made chili snaps with it. Huh? Why not? Why don't you use
1: it? Exactly. Wait, so, gentlemen, so after you fermented the, the chilies, you're saying you slow drip, so you kind of put them in it's a strainer. Ju- to- slow juice it,
4: and then we uh, add uh, vinegar to it and uh, a little bit of Santa gum, so it don't split.
1: What what's a slow juice?
4: A uh, slow juicing is uh, like a juicer but it runs very slow, so they don't heat it up. When you heat it up, you lose a lot of flavor. So
1: It's almost like a little
4: press. Yeah, it's like cold cold pressing, you could really say.
5: So, so I mean, you're used to like uh, oils, like olive oils and so on. If it's cold press, it's a slower process and it's a better tasting product, right? So that's really what you're doing.
1: Cheers. You want to taste? We're going to taste, let's bring it out and we'll taste it. We'll keep talking. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll take a short break. We're going to be back in a few minutes on Beer Stations Radio. All right.
2: Hearst Ranch, in collaboration with Whole Foods Market, is proud to be the presenting sponsor of The Farm Report, a special HRN series in collaboration with the National Young Farmers Coalition. Tune in each week to hear from farmers, policymakers, organizers, and food advocates about all the ways the farm bill directly impacts our lives, whether we realize it or not. They'll break down farm policy and talk to young farmers about what hangs in the balance for them as another farm bill gets made. Join the coalition to shift power and change policy for the next generation of growers and land stewards. The future of good food depends on it. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: We're back, hereditradianetwork.org. Keep going. Uh,
4: there's a brewery called Pinnyland on Von Holm. Uh, she made some, I, I don't like her beer. It's disgusting. But it has to taste that way, her beer. Uh, she made a cherry beer. It's a, uh, like a sour beer. Uh, so I add more cherry to it and a lot of good chilies. So we made a hot sauce for her uh I made Good stuff. Michelo uh with his black beer and our one
1: uh I made uh, yeah I made. so our uh, first taste of beer today is going to be the yeah, Michelo's well. black a uh, black beer uh, hot sauce here.
4: This one is a uh, new one I made It's a sauce espalier. Uh I've been looking very
1: much forward much for to tasting this one actually. Yeah. What what is it about this one? Sauce uh
4: sauce espalier. If you taste Espelette, it's a very mild, 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 like a paprika.
5: Yeah, is it, uh, are these ones from Spain or? Oh,
1: Espelette, like Espelette peppers.
4: No, they are from France. Es, Espelette. We a, yeah, we got a license uh, to, so we can keep the name.
5: I mean, uh I'm looking forward to tasting that one. I mean, I've tasted this one before. Uh, this one is probably a little exotic. But uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put my uh, head on the line here and say uh, I'm betting that they're all going to be good.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess about, this is about as close as we're going to get to Mikkel from McCullers. Um, you know, we're usually a beer show, but we're not, we haven't really gone to too many breweries on this trip. I think we really wanted to dive into some of the food, food personalities but it shows you here that there's a great overlap with the food and beer and the culture. Um, for you, Lasse, uh, you know, you, you're out of the country a lot, you've traveled, but um, what, what do you think of the food scene here, the food and beer scene? Is, is it everyone knows each other? Uh, well, Copenhagen
5: is, is uh, by international standards, uh, almost a town. <laughs> I mean, if you tell people from Copenhagen that, they'll frown upon you, but uh, it's very little. So I, I'd say everybody knows, maybe not knows everybody, but everybody will know someone who knows someone. So in that sense, it is a small scene. But uh, I think it's uh, the Copenhagen food scene, I mean, it's, it's really exploded over the last 15 years or so. And there's a lot of interesting things going on. And of course, we internationally, it's recognized with New Nordic and Noma restaurants and all this. But of course, there's a lot of stuff going on Underneath those sort of uh, top-tier level restaurants, gourmet experiences, Uh, so something like hot dogs or another venture that I'm into, gravy burgers, the beef sandwich, which is also uh, something that's a a bit uh, off and very Danish, but has also seen a, a huge renaissance in the last 10 years where it's gone from being sort of a me- mediocre uh, hot dog uh, stand kind of thing to now it's served in restaurants with the uh, cloths on the table and so on. So,
1: so what's a gravy burger? Is that something you use with horse meat?
5: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, uh, it's beef and, uh, and actually it has a lot of the elements that you'll find on a Copenhagen hot dog. So the mustard, the ketchup, the remoulade, the raw onions, the crispy onions, and then once you assemble this burger, you douse it in gravy, and it can be any kind of gravy, really, uh, so like a pork gravy or... So, so
1: you could kind of keep it simmering on a little burner or something?
5: Absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, I mean, you can probably envision that it's not uh, easy to eat with your fingers, so you need a knife and a fork, but... Uh, I think that the taste will uh, make up for it, because it's, it's quite the experience.
1: You know, now I keep wanting to talking about horse meat just because of uh, the history of butchers, but I think that's another show. But um, I, I think we're going to taste some hot sauces here. But So John, the, I, I love seeing you work, man. I mean, this is a chef in action. You've got, you're making the sauces, you, you've got, you're cooking us some duck, yeah. ducks. So, so how, how do you go about making a, a specialty sausage? So you're saying there's a duck sausage that you're cooking. This
4: one is a Christmas. uh, We have an old tradition in Denmark to eat a duck at Christmas. And uh, I say, why not uh, make a sausage with it? So so 40% of it uh, is confit duck. Uh, Another 40% is uh, with outbound uh, dog leg. And then 20% uh, of uh, pork. You need... Uh, to make a good sausage, to bind it, you need a good pork to make a bind. You can
1: is that it. the is that the fat? Uh, sorry, is it the fat that binds? Yeah, the fat that binds a lot. All right. And what about the pork here? Are you using like your butcher that you're working with? Do they specify the pork, or the, how how far, how far do you get into choosing the meats? Uh sorry one more time so you, your butcher who's making your sausages yeah. how involved do you get in picking the, the meat or the sourcing
4: uh, I tell uh, exactly tell him what kind of meat I want and uh, he make it straight after my recipe there's no problem yeah. I told him I only want free range pork I get re- only free range pork <coughs> I get, get the cut I want and no problem
1: Hey, let's go, but let's go back to your friend Mikkel here. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we, do, we do a beer show. We're not, we're not going to talk to M- Mikkel on this trip, but um, how important is beer and, and sausages in Copenhagen?
4: It's very important because Mikkel has a beer festival and uh, I'm, I've been there for the last 12 years to make a hot dog for the beer festivals. I made build your own dog at the beer festival. I put up a table like this Put up uh, 20 about uh, twenty different kinds of toppings. People get the bun, the, the
1: sausages, and build their own dog. Wait a minute. You're the guy serving hot dogs at the Copenhagen Beer, Beer Festival. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard about you. Some American expats said that they volunteered. Said that we're going to get volunteer at McCullough's Festival. They ended up serving the hot dogs, and they thought it was a thrill of their lives. Yeah, that's cool. Man, that is cool. You're the guy doing that. What do you think about that, Lessa? I mean, how how many sausages you serve at the Copenhagen beer festival? Oh, a couple of thousand. What's that operation like? So, so we're here now. In here, um, do you heat the sausages? What is the cart like? I want to know about the cart and then how you expand up up to a festival model. Well, up uh, to
4: the carts are standing up there now. They're standing in front of Thielly. We have it down here. We drive it home every day. And uh, clean it. In the morning, she's coming in the morning and fill it up and everything. Drive it up there. And for the festival, it's different. It's a totally different setup. We have a big tent we set up. And uh, we have the gas heater. We need a lot more up there for the festival than we do in the cart.
1: But, uh, so what What are you heating with? Are there burners? Are there grills?
4: Yeah. It's burners, uh,
1: gas burners. Yeah,
5: but I think it's uh, griddles. You're pan frying the, the yeah. sausages on griddles, so gas-fired griddles. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's it works wonders. I mean, I've I've I've, uh, I've tried the the hot dogs where you know you pick your own uh, twenty different uh, condiments kind of thing that John made, and I will say there's a huge problem with that. And it is, it's very hard to choose what not to put on the dog because it's, 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 uh, it's, the selection is amazing.
1: Now, if, if I said I just want mustard, th- does that single me out? That's okay. But it's okay for me.
4: If you just want mustard and you just do mustard, people can do what the fuck they want with the hot dog, put that they want on it. I'm so fucking tired of the rest of the card, hot dog card out here and coming. oh, you need to take ketchup, you need to take mustard. No, you don't. If you don't want it, don't take it. Put everything on it. If you want cornflakes on it, put cornflakes on it. I don't give a shit. What,
1: what's going to go on your, your holiday duck sausage?
4: Uh, today, we have a mustard, homemade mustard, with a uh, horse radish and apple, and uh, pickle, uh, red carpet, and uh, sauerkraut, and a little bit of uh, potato chips on the
1: top. Wow, man, this is cool. I, I don't know what what I imagined. I think I've, I've seen commissaries in New York where, you know, they come in with with a there's a bin of already made the the sausage and this the sauerkrauts and everything and. They they clean the carts and then they go out the next day. You never think. So sometimes you see some some innovative. Usually it's immigrants. They've got maybe maybe a, a little grill and they're cooking kebabs as well. But um, it and then some people do a fat sausage in New York. But I've and and then there's the all beef. New York has a lot of kosher yeah. uh, beef sausages. Beef sausages
4: can be amazing, but it's not a tradition here in Denmark. I have a cheese uh, dog. Uh, made a cheese sausage with uh, two different types of cheese, pork and a little bit whey in it. Uh, But I have no uh, regular beef sausage. It
1: yeah, it's not, and there's not the demand here.
5: I mean, <clears throat> Denmark is built built on uh, on pork. So, I mean, uh, I think there's six million people and 25 million uh, pigs. So some would argue 30 million uh, swine <coughs> in Denmark, but... Uh, uh, and the, the pig population keeps growing, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah, it does. I mean, and it, all tr- almost all traditional dishes in Denmark, it's pork. It's pork, so it's just embedded in, in our culture. So, I mean, it's not like we don't like beef sausages or anything, other combinations. It's just so ingrained in our culture that, that it has to be
1: pork. So uh, a guy like you, Lassa, when when we're going to sit here with with John, how many of these hot dogs are you going to eat before you're not hungry?
5: <laughs> I, I mean, look, look oh, no, 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 no. Well, I'm not the smallest. No, 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 no. I'm not the smallest guy. Let's just put it like that. But uh, I, I'll actually only eat a to couple.
4: you have never been hungry so bad. <laughs>
5: I remember once, actually.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember last time. I had to lock my fridge. Every <laughs> time Lasse is down here, we had to put a lock on it. I'm not sure that's entirely true, but it's a good story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you went hungry once for bed, Lasse?
5: Yeah, maybe once.
1: Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds, I'm learning the old the old Danish traditions. You have to lock lock the fridge so that someone doesn't eat all your food, right? So when you grew up, John, like this this hot dog thing, I freaking love it. I, I had a pose the other day in front of, there's a stand outside of the student house, d- downtown. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. But I, it, that's probably typical. What is that bread? Because I, I liked it, it did have some rye in it. What's the typical uh, bread? It's
4: probably, uh, you got a normally white bread. Uh, it's actually boring. Uh, when you taste my bread, you can smell it. it Also, smells it's baked with butter, uh, like a yours, and but it smells better.
1: And you still you're still gonna you're gonna put the the bun in the skillet as well.
4: Yeah, we're gonna heat up the bun. Always when you get a hot dog here in Denmark, or if you just buy a sausage on a plate, the bun will be warm.
1: You know, one thing similar that took off in the Northeast the last 10 years, and lobster rolls. Yeah. You're having lobsters, you you, you heat the bun up with butter, yeah. um, and a lot more toppings. Toppings has become what yeah, people put on. Lobster people uh, here they
4: make lobster rolls, lobster dog, and it can be good. Unfortunately, I can't eat lobster because I have allergies to that, shellfish, but it looks
1: amazing. Yeah. Well, well back to beer. So, what, what, what kind of beers do you drink with with the sausage? You you can mention other other breweries too, because we, we know Mikela. Um, there are there. House
4: Amma Brew House is amazing. Uh, they made a lot of good beer. Uh, we have another brewery called Flying Couch. A small microbreweries, but amazing.
5: I say, <clears> there's <throat> happened a lot on the beer scene in the last couple of years, and there's, I mean, of course. Mikkeller is is a big one, uh, internationally. But there's there's a lot of interesting beers happening. Yeah. There's also some guys from, they open up over here. They're called they call Oben. That they make some pretty interesting beer. I think J- John doesn't look like uh, he's too impressed. No, huh? oh, over
1: there. No, that's boring beer. That's fucking boring. <laughs> what, what do you like? What, what what styles do you like? Do you like black beer? I had some good brown beer the other night.
4: I like black beers. I just like a small amount of it. But some of the barrel aids made and uh, all the other guys made, that's a fucking amazing. Uh, you can get uh, barrel aids from uh, Amar called Double Black Mesh. Your back, you can use a uh, drink at the hotel. That's an amazing one.
1: Sounds good. I was drinking a simple brownie the other day at the, the Hop House. I can't remember the name, but I liked it. I, I went to the Hop House... It was on Amabro, uh, the, Amabrogo, and um, I was really happy.
4: 30 years ago, I worked there. It was a nightclub called uh, Marcel Bottega. I was a doorman down there.
1: Well, I liked it because I, some of the expats, I know one of the guys who volunteer at your hot dog stand, yeah. um, they wanted to meet there, and I loved it because I didn't recognize the names of any of the breweries. They were all European, mostly yeah. Danish. I was so impressed with, with the craft beer scene out here. And most of all, the, my favorite beer was was the brown ale. A lot of the ladies were coming in and ordering the sour beers. Um, the t- typical mix of craft beer. But the, the brown ale was spot on. It, it was just what you wanted, a 4 or 5%. I loved it.
4: Yeah, but I never understand sour beers. And I don't know why, but I never understand it.
1: Yeah, I like the strong. I, I We remember McKellar from when he had those really strong Imperial Stouts, um, different types of coffee beans yeah. or the some of them were the marketing the marketing was interesting is yeah. the civet type a lot of good beers uh,
5: breakfast stout actually on the stout i love the story of the vanilla stout which happened by accident, accident. Beca- because because uh, they were gypsy brewing it and there was a norwegian brewer and they i think they had missed I, I don't know if they had written it wrong in the recipe or he had read it wrong but he ended up putting 10 times as much vanilla in there as as the recipe called for but actually the product tastes uh, uh, surprisingly good and it's definitely not something uh, you'll get in a lot of places I really like that one
1: yeah oh yeah mm-hmm. thank you mate all right well a couple more things the questions about the hot dog trade um, so y- you've made a name for yourself but by, by being a chef you know you're you're you doing what a chef would do. Yeah. You're sticking with your own. Um, some tricks that, that that others can learn from you. <laughs> what, what 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 are the things that you've done that uh, you consider unusual? Perhaps um, keep keep talking. I want you to talk more, John. Yeah, Tell me some stories about this. When
4: I started, uh, all the hot dog stands here in Copenhagen were so boring. And I was so fucking tired of it because they made commercial from a Danish company maybe Steve Holberg or Lange Lena, big companies that sell hot dog. but they didn't sell their sausages they buy it from the cheaper company and sell it as a Steve Holberg because they want to make profit ah that's not okay so I said I want to change it and uh at that time, there were 65 hot dog stands, and the 59 of them hated me when I started, because I changed everything. I told them they were fucking idiots. I don't care. I didn't get, go into this business to get friends. I got into it to make a good business, and it's a good business now. Uh, so I don't give a shit what people are saying. I do it my way. And if they don't like it, turn around and go away. I don't give a shit.
1: Tell us about the meat market area here. When did you come in here and start Uh, working? That's
4: about 11 years ago. We get in here. It's uh, a, that got the the place so we can rent in. Uh, I was in Christian Town before, amazing place as well. And unfortunately, now we have to move. The soldiers, they don't want to be in here anymore. So we have to find a new spot. Fuck that,
1: we'll find a new spot. Yeah, but, but your operations, I mean, you've got a simple kitchen, refrigerator. I mean, do, do, how much do you need to, to run your back of house?
4: Uh, I need a lot more because I made a lot of stuff myself. Uh, we can go out here in a hole and see, you can see what I got here, and what you know, there's two other guys out here with hot dog stands. You can see what they got. They got nothing. Because they don't make anything. They buy everything from
1: a can and everything. Oh, we can use. So right now your assistant is making... Is Are you bottling the sauces here and labeling them? Yeah. We are
4: bottling. We, we produce everything here.
1: That's amazing. What do you think, Lassa, being in a place like this? What, what, what have a couple of other places around the world that have stood out for you do, do you get to be this close and really see see what they're doing oh let's let's grab the gear hold on we're gonna we'll take one more break and just pause take a short break we're we'll back in a few minutes on beer Satch's radio
3: this episode is brought to you by wisconsin cheese there's a reason when you think of wisconsin you think cheese
1: Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio. We're coming back. We're walking around the hot dog factory here. John's Hot Dog Deli. We're in the office with John. This is quite neat. There's a little bit of rock and roll here. He's got imagery. He's showing us how he makes
4: them. Uh, Yeah, Just making more labels.
1: He's printing the label. This is the Copenhagen Hot Sauce. It's the Espelette. I remember when a chef friend of mine, Philip, first started using Espelette pepper. I think he was using it on the pork. This is about 12, 15 years ago. He's got a lot of alcohol. Is the alcohol you cook with that, or is that for drinking, and friends? Ah,
4: oh, this I of alcohol, But I don't drink it. Yeah, I drink uh, old port. I like old port.
1: I like the old port too. Got beer, and everything. So you like you like old port, you like uh, imperial stouts. Yeah. You like good concentrated flavors. You probably drink less. You like sour beer. I like sour beer a little bit. About it. We'll, we'll try some beers. We'll take them.
4: No,
1: you can't get that back home. Thanks, man. Oh, Cantillon, wow. He's can't got Cantillon, he's got... It's uh, Miguel's
4: brother, Yeppe.
1: I know Yep, we know Yeppe, evil yeah, twin, yeah? twin. He made oh. that blueberry. Wow, A, an evil twin Cantillon. Uh, nice, very nice. We're still, this is like the after show, but we're gonna just keep on until we run out of battery here. You know, I'm looking around the room, he's, he's printing. I, I just love this place, man. He's printing out the labels. They're making hot sauces, they're making hot dogs. Lessa, <laughs> for you. Yeah. You know, what? tell me about a couple other spots around the world where you've eaten hot dogs. Um, I'll go to LA
5: and to Wurstküche,
3: <clears throat>
5: or Wurstkutschi, as I think most Americans think it's pronounced, where they have a sausage concept, which I think is phenomenal, and that is predator on prey. So they'll mix the meat and the sausages. So you can get like uh, rattlesnake and rabbit, uh, alligator and pork, and so on. And it's it's actually quite the experience. So that's one place. But is,
1: is it because of the food or is it the concept?
5: Oh, so so I think the audience will like this because it's actually made like a beer hall, but it also serves phenomenal hot dogs. So it's a perfect combination. And uh, I'd
1: really does it do you taste the difference if it's pork or pork and rattlesnake? Can you actually taste the difference? Absolutely. Absolutely.
5: Absolutely. I mean, I'm not a rattlesnake expert, but it doesn't taste like the standard stuff. So,
4: yeah, it's good. It's good. I'd recommend that.
1: All right. Now we're going into the, there's the coolers here.
4: This is where our chili is standing and fermenting. The meat wine that we have
1: for chili. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to sign off because I'm going to take pictures now. But John, I, one more time we'll say thanks so much for joining me on Heritage Radio Network. Um, Big shout-out to John. And Lassa, you guys say goodbye.
4: Thank you for joining us, and uh, it was nice to meet you all, guys.
1: John's Hot Dog Deli.
4: And uh, come to Copenhagen and get a hot dog and a beer.
1: Thanks. And Lassa, the Hot Dog Judge. Thanks so much, Armin Spengen Engineer, Jimmy Carboni. Catch you next time on Heritage Radio Network. Thank you. Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you